Vesuvius? asked Tay. He was leaning against one of my travel-worn chests, pointing toward the approaching shoreline. I didn't bother to follow the invisible line from his extended finger to the landmass that was still some distance away. I just grunted a tired yes. I wasn't sure, to be honest, and he was typically right on most of his assumptions. The sight of land should have excited me. I was as eager as my companion to reach the shore and be done with the most dangerous trek of our journey. It was our destination that gave me cause for apprehension. Delays were not unwelcome. The trip across the sea had taken twice as long as the ship's captain had predicted, but this was no surprise. The chickens that were introduced to us before our departure had quickly eaten the grain that was tossed to them, and yes, that should have been a good sign— yet I noticed that they were not harassed by the pigeons down the dock. No, the pigeons were in no hurry. They waited to watch the ship's captain scoop up his own hungry birds and return them to their cage, while we passengers mumbled our prayers to Neptune and shuffled onto the hulking grain ship. The pigeons then sauntered over to where much of the grain remained and slowly picked at their reward. I watched them and knew that we would have a safe and uneventful trip across the sea, and a slow one. If the birds hadn't been in a hurry to eat, it was because the gods were in no hurry to get us to the next port. Where the larger ships are, is that Putioli? Tay asked. I just nodded my head. Rather than looking at the growing shoreline, I was staring at Tay. The weeks at sea had changed his appearance dramatically. Back in Alexandria, when our voyage began, he boarded the ship just as he looked on the day I acquired him. His head was shaved clean. He had lined his eyes with coal, and had donned a simple linen robe, much like those worn by the temple priests. Tay was only a few months older than I, but while I still looked like a naive youth, he was unquestionably a grown man. He was surprisingly muscular for someone who shied away from all types of physical activity. At the age of nineteen, he was wiser than his years. And despite the privilege of receiving tutoring from some of Rome's finest scholars in my youth, my companion was mysteriously better educated than I. Only a few days into our journey across the Mediterranean Sea, I noticed his coal eye-lining disappear. After a week had passed, thick, dark hair covered his jaw, and created a shadow on his head. Upon the third week, had I not watched the transformation myself, I would not have recognized the man. Tay had taken great pains to create the illusion of being an Egyptian. He was still slightly more exotic than any of the Greeks or Romans wandering the markets of Alexandria, but he was one of the two nationalities— I wondered what the purpose of the deception was, but I didn't ask him. I might possess a piece of parchment, stamped by the prefect's deputy, that stated Tay was my property, but the reality was somewhat different. He was like the numerous cats in the city that we had left on the other side of the sea. A person might claim that the animal was his, but the cat still did as it pleased. Which town is Pompeii? I surveyed the coast, and, remembering that Vesuvius was just behind Herculaneum and north of Pompeii, I pointed toward the town where I suspected my uncle's old friend, Fabius Probus Sabinus, resided. The man's home would be our next destination after landfall.